Welcome to the Car Time Stories podcast, your best resource for drive time entertainment. On today's episode, we have two stories for you. The first of which is called Elijah's Magical Shoes, where in a forgotten corner of London, a young orphan named Elijah stumbles upon a pair of enchanted shoes that transport him a century into the future, where he discovers a world of marvels and potential personal gain. However, guided by compassion, he chooses to use the shoes to protect and rescue those in danger, becoming a guardian angel of sorts in the bustling modern city. Elijah's Magical Shoes by Dave Fox Once upon a time in the bustling streets of London, there lived a young boy named Elijah, an orphan, surviving by begging on the very streets that seemed to have forgotten him. Elijah harboured simple dreams, hoping for a better life and a warm meal. One chilly morning as the first rays of dawn broke through the misty cityscape, Elijah awoke to an astonishing surprise. What is this? He murmured in disbelief, spotting a small worn shoebox that had mysteriously appeared beside him during the night. Cautiously he opened it, revealing a pair of dazzling enchanted shoes that gleamed with an ethereal glow. Oh my, they fit perfectly, Elijah exclaimed in awe, slipping them onto his feet. The magical sensation sent a shiver of wonder up his spine as he marvelled at the shoes that seemed to have been made just for him. Unknown to Elijah, these shoes held the extraordinary power to transport him into the future. He soon discovered this when, after taking a few steps, he started running, propelling him at the speed of light into a bustling modern London, a hundred years ahead of his own time. Where am I? he wondered aloud, feeling the incredible lightness and comfort the shoes provided. At first, Elijah was mesmerized by the technological marvels and the glitzy world of the future. He marveled at the skyscrapers that pierced the skies, the sleek cars that could now fly, and the bustling people lost in their fast-paced lives. As he walked, he decided to approach a passing pedestrian. Excuse me, sir, what year is this? The pedestrian looked at him quizzically and replied, Why, it's 2123. Elijah, astonished by the glimpse into the future, felt a sudden pull and found himself being transported back to the present after only a few minutes in the future. Elijah's mind raced as he comprehended the magical secret of the shoes. He found himself faced with a choice. Should I use these shoes for personal benefit? He pondered, considering the possibility of altering his own circumstances. But then, he remembered the hardships he had endured living on the unforgiving streets of London. Or should I use them for the benefit of others? he asked himself, recalling the compassion he had received from other kind-hearted people who knew of his struggles with poverty and loneliness. Wishing to give back, Elijah resolved to use the shoes to help others, to be a ray of hope in a world filled with challenges and dangers. He could have seized the opportunity to make a fortune through predicting business trends or winning bets, but he had a different calling. Driven by a sense of responsibility and compassion, Elijah decided to use his newfound magical ability to help those in need. With each transport into the future, he honed his skills to discern impending danger. He would spot accidents about to occur, crimes on the verge of happening, and people in precarious situations. One day he witnessed a speeding car losing control, hurtling towards a pedestrian crossing. Without a second thought, Elijah used his magical shoes to rush to the scene. In the blink of an eye, he scooped up the frightened pedestrians, teleporting them into the future to safety just moments before the car crashed behind them. Another time, he thwarted a purse snatcher, whisking the thief away to the middle of a police station where he could do no harm. 
Elijah's heart was warmed by the gratitude and relief he saw in the eyes of those he helped before being transported back to his time. As the days passed, Elijah became a guardian angel of sorts, using his magic shoes to rescue those in danger. He traveled to places where trouble was brewing, intervening in accidents, preventing crimes, and always being there for those who needed him the most. Though he could have changed his own fate or embraced the wealth of the future, Elijah chose a nobler path. He found purpose in helping others, bringing hope and safety to those who faced adversity. The enchantment of the magical shoes lay not in personal gain, but in the joy of making a difference in the lives of others, proving that true magic lies in acts of kindness and selflessness. And thus, Elijah's story continued as he roamed through time and space, a beacon of hope for all in need. Our second story is called Humpty Dumptied, where a young detective, Amy Fujita, is thrust into action when a dozen fresh eggs are mysteriously smashed across her kitchen floor. As she interrogates her family members and meticulously analyses the clues, Amy races against time to uncover the true culprit. Humpty Dumptied by Laird Long I was minding my own business, speed-solving a Sudoku in my bedroom, when I got my call to duty, Mom yelling downstairs for everyone to come gather in the kitchen. I dropped the paper puzzle and raced down the stairs and into the kitchen. Mom was standing next to the refrigerator, arms folded across her chest, a dozen eggs sunny-side up on the tiled floor at her feet. Who scrambled the eggs? I cracked, knowing from her expression that it was no yolk. Or shell, I guess, Mom glared at me. That's what I'd like to know, Amy, she said. Who broke a dozen fresh eggs on my kitchen floor and didn't even bother to clean up the mess? I grinned, adjusting my glasses. Don't get too hard-boiled, I purred. I'll find the lazy egg-beater for you. Or my name isn't Amy Fujita, kid detective. Now, Amy, don't get all. But it was too late. I was already down on my hands and knees, getting better acquainted with the slimy mess, checking spray patterns and angle trajectories. I leapt up, pulled the fridge door open with the aid of a Kleenex, and checked the twelve-seater egg tray on the door's top shelf. Yup. It was popped off of its wire rails, had definitely been jostled, perhaps accidentally, perhaps deliberately. We need to seal off the entire kitchen area, I instructed Mom. I'll get my Nancy Drew detecting kit and dust for finger and footprints, then... Dad walked into the kitchen from the living room, holding baby Susie against his chest with one arm. Suspects number one and two. Where were you two when the eggs broke? I barked like a police dog. Never give them time to build an alibi. Dad looked down at the mess on the floor, up at Mom. I was, um... Looking after Susie in the study while your mother was out shopping. Hear anything? I snapped. A cracking sound, perhaps? Well, um, actually I kind of fell asleep. I filed that one under likely story, glanced at my Hello Kitty watch, then turned to Mom. It's 1.28pm right now. When did you leave for the store? Around one o'clock, I suppose. So, I mused, rubbing my chin. There's a 28-minute unexplained interval during which somebody made a floor omelette. Dad held up the sardine sandwich he'd been concealing behind his back for obvious reasons. 
I made a sandwich before your mother left, he now volunteered. That's the last time I was in the kitchen. I strolled over, touched the white bread holding the smelly little fishies together. The bread was definitely a bit crusty, like maybe it had been exposed to the air for a while, uneaten. Besides, he added, I would have cleaned up the mess if I'd made it. That's what responsible adults do. Like dozing off when they're supposed to be babysitting, Mr. Mom, I wheedled. And what about the little tear bag? I redirected, pointing at Susie squirming around in Dad's arm. Can you account for her actions when you were resting your eyelids in the study? Her mo is all kinds of mischief, as we all know. Dad looked flustered. Well, she was, um, on the floor of the study, by the door, when I woke up. Closed door. Almost closed. But I doubt Susie could have crawled all the way down the hall and... I plucked the year-old infant out of his arm and held her up to the fridge. She instantly grabbed onto the handle and tugged, but couldn't quite break the magnetic seal. Interesting, I commented, handing smelly diapers back to Dad. We all heard heavy, lethargic footsteps on the basement stairs, and Dizzy ambled around the corner and into the kitchen from the other side, in his stockinged feet, a bored expression on his bland face. "'What's all the commotion about?' the perpetually puzzled teenager asked. One of his socks stuck to the tiled floor, at the toes, and he had to jerk his foot up to get it free. "'Hey, who egged the floor?' he said finally noticing the crack-up over by the refrigerator. Who indeed? I jeered, stepping past Mom and the broken eggs and over to my brother. I squatted down in front of him, trained eye searching for shell fragments and yolk splashes on his dirty jeans and socks. Hey, back off, Gerlock Holmes, he protested, pushing me away. Where were you between the hours of 1 was and 1.28 p.m.? I grilled. He stroked the wispy chin hair he generously called a goatee. In the basement, watching TV, they're showing the big Lebowski on Channel 4 again. What's going on anyway, Mom? Yes, Mother, just why were you yelling for everyone? That question came from my big sister, Miko, standing next to Dad and Susie. The thin, diet-conscious 15-year-old was nibbling on one of the exotic fruits she kept stashed away in her bedroom mini-fridge probably the same one she'd been nibbling on yesterday. She clutched her iPod in her other hand, earbuds plugged in, as usual. And before you ask, strawberry shortcake, she said to me. Before I could ask, I was upstairs in my room, listening to music. Okay, Mom intervened. Why doesn't whoever broke the eggs on the floor just admit to it, clean it up, and we can all move on? It sure sounded reasonable, but no one was buying it. The silence was deafening. Except for the mental gears in my head, they went round and round like the wheels on the bus, before finally fully meshing at their destination, the truth. I know who broke up Humpty and his family, I stated. Dad, Mom, Susie, Dizzy and Miko all stared at me. I stared back at Mom. It's going to cost you, though. A $10 fee added onto my regular allowance, if you don't mind. Mom nodded. I spilled. It's like this. Susie's too weak to even open the fridge door on her own, 
and too small to even get at the eggs on the top shelf if she could. So, she's out. The infant gurgled and waved her puffy arms around. Dad's an adult, probably would have cleaned up any mess he'd made. Dad smiled. Maybe would have even come clean to Mom about why there were twelve missing eggs from the fridge. Dad frowned. And we all know that Diva Miko has her own special diet that she keeps squirreled away in her own private refrigerator. She wouldn't sully herself with anything from the family fridge. Miko stuck out her tongue at me. I shone my specs on Dizzy. But one awkward, always hungry teenager was just clumsy enough to knock loose the egg tray and spill those dozen eggs on the floor, and just lazy enough not to bother to clean up his mess. Dizzy grunted. You got no proof, Nark. I strolled over, stomped on his left foot. He yelped and grabbed up the injured PD, exposing the sticky, incriminating stain on the toe of his sock. You'll recall... I addressed the assembled family, how Dizzy's foot stuck to the kitchen floor when he first came up from the basement, meaning he'd already dipped his toes into the battered eggs when he'd broken them. Dad and Mom glared at Dizzy. He glared at me, shaking his fist. And Amy Fujita, kid detective, was forced to go undercover for the next couple of days. Ten dollars richer, however. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Car Time Stories podcast. Before I let you go, I would like to implore you to rate our podcast and write a brief review. Your help would be greatly appreciated. And finally, please visit cartimestories.com to purchase our premium video content. Until next time, we thank you and hope that you tell your friends about the Car Time Stories podcast, where we strive to fuel young minds one story at a time.